Michigan Short Track Racing Authority is Horsepower Happening. Curtis Roberts, welcome to Horsepower Happening. The Northport, Florida driver, Danny Sams III, welcome to Horsepower Happenings. Travis Stemler, welcome to Horsepower Happening. Steve Irwin, welcome into Horsepower Happenings, my friend. Director of Race Operations for the ASA Stars National Tour, Joe Ballas, welcome. Over 50 years of industry experience, from behind the wheel to behind the microphone. Here comes Stambaugh into turns three and four. Stambaugh to the lift. Stambaugh sideways, Greg Dolman wins. Yeah, guys, wholesale uh, right side tire changes. That that seems to be the decision. All down mode. Exclusive interviews every week. Hear from drivers, track owners, series promoters, and so much more. You know, after about eight hours of months in medical center, they uh, they were pretty adamant about me staying out of the car for quite a while. It'll be at least my first stab at driving a race car that I haven't prepared from end to end, that I'm not calling the shots on, all of that, all at once. Plus, local news, analysis, and opinions you didn't ask for. She is not going to have any excuses. That is some of the best equipment there at Anti Camp and Racing that money can buy. This points fund is massive. These races are massive. These are some of the most high-paying races in the country. From the north side towing of St. John's Studio, presented by CNT Services, here are Zach Heiser and... Rich France. Good evening, race fans, and welcome in to another edition of Horsepower Happening. So glad to have you here. A couple of interviews tonight uh, with some guys that we haven't heard from in a while or ever before. Looking forward to talking to them coming up. But first, here's what's happening in a Motor City Minute. Brendan Butterbean Queen, the royalty of the late model stock program in the South, holds off Josh Berry and Caden Honeycutt in what some people call an incredible back and forth battle. It's also was described in the Horsepower Happenings chat as whoever makes the last dirty move gets the win. And that's what happened the final 20 laps of the Thanksgiving Classic at Southern National Motorsports Park. A lot of race cars were tore up. It took a hashtag All-American Oil Slick to tear up as many race cars at the All-American 400 as they did without any oil slicks at Southern National. I just want to point that out. Jet Nolan picked up the biggest win of his career Saturday, taking home the 8th Annual Bill Bigley Memorial 128 at Freedom Factory in Bradenton, Florida. Uh, Nolan would take home $30,000 before heading across the state to the Derby this week. And Johnny Sauter picked up $10,000 for his second place effort. So that's pretty cool. And big news today, the superstars of Jeff Burton, Dale Earnhardt, Kevin Harvick, and there's some other people with money involved in that, but those are the big three, helped announce that the Cars Tour has a new marketing partner. ZMAX is on board for the 2024 season, and their schedule was released today alongside that announcement. Those things and so much more happening tonight on Horsepower Happenings. Good evening. Welcome in. I'm Zach Heiser. Rich France joins me from across the way. Good evening, sir. I wonder who could have posted that on our chat. The last dirtiest move wins the race. <laughs> I watched that whole thing. I didn't think any of the three of them were going to make it to the checker, wow. to be honest with you. Wow, there was I a not. There was a lot of tore up equipment at that race. Uh, it was not, I move you, you move me. Okay, we're even. It was, okay, now my turn. Yeah. Now my turn. You're in now the way, my, you're gone. Yeah. Yes. It, and that, all three of those guys wanted to win that race real bad, and it showed. Big news in the Temple Late Model world this week, Rich, and it came from right here up north, and we want to bring it to your attention because it is big news. The 2024 JEG CRE All-Stars Tour season will open on Saturday, April 27th at Berlin Raceway and Event Center in Marne, Michigan, Rich. The first time that the JEG CRE All-Stars Tour has had a standalone event at Berlin since 2018. 
that's pretty cool, isn't it? That's uh, especially with the big events that Berlin's been putting on. You know, they bring in the 500 Sprint Car Tour, uh, the SRL National events. Uh, that's that's a cool event for Champion Racing Association to kick off 2024 at. And don't sleep on this event because the super late models have the week off on that schedule. And here's why, because, Rich, we've well documented it, 75%, if not more, of the, air quotes, super late model field at Berlin is pro late models, plus a well, well documented, or it will be at least, contingent of drivers who are planning to run for a Jags Tour championship, uh, which, by the way, if you're on Facebook today, you saw Justin Schroeder sold the outlaw, and I can only think that means one thing. Uh, there's going to be some money put into a template car. We heard already that Carson Hosovar Racing is going to field a car in a lot of Jags Tour events. You have to wonder about Katie Hettinger with what's going on down south. Obviously, she's been running that late model stock, but is she going to want some opportunities to run her own equipment back up home? Maybe. You, you just have to wonder about that. Ethan Stanucek, Kevin Kremenesi, uh, you know, who are we missing? There's a laundry list of them. Um, and it all Chase starts. Berta, Ch- again. Yeah, Chase Berta again. Brian, right? We just talked to Brian, and and I, I did not know this was going to happen for complete honesty's sake. When I said to Brian, "What if we could get a Jags Tour race at Berlin?" I had no clue that this was actually going to happen, and that's the God's honest truth. Um, and so, you know, Brian's going to be there. You know that. And here's the thing, Rich: you get those guys at Berlin, and 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 this schedule when it gets all put together is going to be pretty centrally located: Michigan, Indiana, Ohio. Um, man, you could have a real good points championship, a real good points battle, and this is what we talked about. You get Evan Shotko and Brian locked into a points championship battle with Ethan Stanuchek. Now they have to decide what they're going to do. Um, I think the Jake's Tour is quickly going to become relevant again. Yeah, and there's a lot of other cars. Dylan Stovall, right? You yes. Know, you got to believe he's going to be there. I, I believe they can get 30-plus cars for the season opener for the Jake Sari All-Stars Tour event at Berlin. Oh, I would easily. not be surprised at all. Absolutely. And, and again, right, we're leaving guys off of this list who belong on this list. Steve Dorr, right? Uh, uh, is it Jeff? I'm trying to think of. I can see his car, the purple and gray number seven. Um, ah, gosh. I can't. I'll come up with his name before we're done with this segment. There's David a lot. Leif. David Leif. Thank you. I said Jeff is David. I had Leif. <laughs> I couldn't come up with the first name. Um, so you know, you, you talk about those guys who kind of came on at the end of the season, or that we saw at Birch Run and Owasso. You sprinkle that in with a little, you know, one race. It sounds like we might have something going on down at a racetrack that holds an event called the Red Bud 400. Obviously, we'll go to Winchester at some point. Hearing some other possibilities about a racetrack in, in the middle of the state, a, a race at that specific area, possibility about that. Um, this is going to be a good tour in 2024, I hate to tell you. I think so, too. Um, they, they were going to have to do something. So, And you can't just stand pat. Uh, they can't live on the laurels of the ASA Stars National Tour, right? By so, the way, by the way, minimum purse for 2024 Minimum purse is $3,000 to win, and I believe $200 to start. That's an increase throughout the entire field from what we were doing in 2023 and years uh, years past. The Champion Racing Association officials are listening, right? What's the big complaint, Ben? I can go to a local show and race for more money than I can to go to a CRA show. Okay, well, here's baby steps. Here's baby steps. Uh, 
the minimum amount of money you're going to race for is three grand. And in talking with Scott and, and Champion Racing Association officials, more times than not, you're going to race for more money than that. Berlin, season opener, five grand to win. Yeah, and really what you're going to get, Zach, you're going to get a lot of the guys that run a, a track regularly and they have that division where they have a they have the crate motor and it's it's set up they don't have to change it that much right they don't have to make a lot of changes to it uh to make it legal for the jake sari all-stars tour and it's still a stepping stone right you have to remember that it's it, you're not going to be you know the jake sari all-stars tour is not going to pay what for all of their events what it's going to pay for a super series event or a stars tour right. it's just not going to happen right it is the stepping stone and remember and what kind of need, stepping stone it yeah. was, right? Daniel Hemrick, Eric Jones, Carson Hosevar, all these guys that have raced in this division. <laughs> I mean, the stepping stone was like a springboard stone, right? They left the Jegs Tour, and the next chapter was right to the top. Yeah, you can. I mean, it's it, it's popular throughout the Midwest. Uh, you know, it's known for what it is throughout the Midwest and has been. So I'm really looking at 2024. We'll see how it goes, but it uh, looks like that's a great way to kick it off. Love to hear it. Love to see it. Uh, let's roll from one right to the other. Snowball Derby. We're talking Temple Late Models. We, uh, the Snowflake and the Snowball are coming up. Uh, pro Late Model side of things. Rich, we'll start there. Uh, a million and one might be a slight exaggeration, but I use the word slight on amount of cars that are going to try to make that race this weekend. Unbelievable. Um, I was looking through the list, and I'm not going to start naming names, Zach, because everybody knows who's going to be there. It's anybody and anybody, right? Right. Uh, um, almost anybody you name is going to be there at the Snowball Derby. And um, 25 guys maybe can win it. And <laughs> You're right. You know, at least. And But one of them I'm keeping an eye on. I'll, I'll give you my, my sleeper. Not that he's going to win, but he is a sleeper. And I talked to him. I got a chance to talk to him um, at the All American 400, and that's Travis Braden. Oh, um, Travis Braden will be at the Snowball Derby in a Jet Motorsports car. Okay. So I I don't know if he's running the Snowflake 100 or the Derby, but I know he's going to be in a Jet Motorsports car. He worked out a deal, and he will be in one. And you know he. He hadn't been in a car in a couple of years. Right. He's been helping everybody else and doing, you know, you know, coaching and, and, and working on other people's race cars. But uh, keep an eye on Travis Braden for this weekend. Um, <laughs> and, and I he hasn't think been he may a, make some noise. <laughs> and he hasn't been in a race car in quite some time. So, um, yeah, that's going to be uh, it's going to be interesting for sure. Um, love, love to see, by the way, the schemes that are coming out. That's one of my favorite things about the Snowball Derby are the snow uh, inspired winter inspired um, wraps and designs. I love that. I, I just want to say I love that part of it. <laughs> Chase, Chase Bird has got a cool design that they're putting together. Uh, you see that what Billy Van Meters ha has a really cool design um, on on his wrap that he's taken down there. Um, it and that's what they go for, right? Because they do have a an award for that, the best appearing car yes, for they that, do. and and it, and it usually has to have. Uh, some kind of a snowball derby effect to it. And so, yeah, it makes it kind of Christmassy for me when you get down there in Florida, doesn't it? I just want to point out that Michael Hine missed an opportunity. I think that he should have done Heat Miser and Snow Miser from the classic Christmas films. Um, maybe next year. <laughs> <laughs> snowball Derby, Rich, um, 
Cars that are going to get sent home from this weekend are good enough to win uh, weekly races anywhere in the country. Uh, let's just be honest about that. I think that's fair to say. Um, this race, we had a chance to take it in from the infield. The atmosphere is unlike anything, and that was a COVID year atmosphere, so I can only imagine uh, what it's like now. But the prestige of this event is as high as it's ever been. Uh, everybody knows that this is the race that you want to win. And last year, Derek Thorne kind of stunk it up, Rich. There's no two ways about it. Yeah, it, it, about time, right? I mean, how many, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I mean, twice um, he had a chance chance to win, and he was leading with ten laps to go the last two years prior, and did not. Yeah. Um, and he just said, "Hold my beer. I'm going to do this again. I'm going to lead a bunch of laps, and guess what? This time, they aren't going to get by me. And you know." Ty Majeski did it, uh, you know, three years ago. Um, lat- the year before, it was Chandler Smith, and he wasn't going to let it happen again, and he didn't. And and he picked. He's used to victory lane down at Five Flags. He's he's won several of the Snowflake 100s, and he's fast qualifier down there, but could never get the Derby until last year. Different race team now, different race car. So I don't know. Um, we'll have to keep an eye on him. He wasn't that great at the All-American 400 when we saw him, but he's never been hands above the rest in Nashville in the first place, but he's always been very good down at Pensacola. And this race is just wild in the fact that if you look at the winner's list, uh, there hasn't been a repeat winner in this event since Chase Elliott won it again in 2015. His first one came in 2011. Eric Jones went back-to-back in 12 and 13. Um, Oh, I'm sorry, Kyle Busch. I miss Kyle Busch. Uh, His first win was in 09. He did win it again in 17. Um, So it has been a long time since somebody has gone back to Snowball Derby victory lane. You talk about Derek Thorne in 22, Chandler Smith, Ty Majeski, the last three winners, Travis Braden in 19, Noah Gregson in 18, Bush 17, Christian Eckes in 16, Elliott in 15, John Hunter Nemechek, and then the Eric Jones double. And uh, then that takes us to Elliott and Joanna Long all the way back in 2010. Um, And then you go back, right, names, Augie Grill, still racing, uh, still a contender. Rich Bickle in 98 and 99, Gary St. Amant in 2000. This race is synonymous for just knockout. Knockout drivers win this race. No, No two ways about it. And you know what? I've been listening to you all season, Zach, and... I, I usually don't, right? I usually have, my, I let you have your opinion and, and I have mine. Sure. But I think I'm going to start jumping on, I think I'm going to jump on the bandwagon for the Snowball Derby. Um, I got to give William Swalich a shot. Yes. <laughs> I, yes, I said it. Yes, I said it. <laughs> oh, man. man. Man, Donnie Wilson Motorsports coming off that All-American 400 win. Um, I got to start giving the guy credit sometime, right? How do you not look at him, you know, just based off of his performances? I mean, so people are going to say, Kyle Busch would say, and, and I don't disagree, he backed his way in to, to an All-American 400 win. Um, but he still had to drive the last 100 laps of that race uh, and, and still compete with some very – Michael House? I mean, come on. Um, so he still had to deal with some very pesky people. Winchester right there in the mix until he wasn't uh, until he almost got turned down the back straight away by a very, very upset number 51. Um, 
I, I just, listen, the only reason I give this kid mad props is because I think he's a heck of a wheel man, wheel child. I don't know what you want to call him. Yeah. Um, he can drive a race car. and and But I just, I'm not with you on this one, man. I'm not uh, for the Snowball Derby. I, I, I am not with you on this one. The, the, on, the, the, only, the only one that I, the only one I feel is strong about probably is Stephen Nassi, just because he has been night and day since he gotten that Anthony Campy racing car. Um, yeah. He has been night and day. He's been strong. Um, when he's not on this list of winners, by the way. Right. Right. Well, not legally. Right. <laughs> right. No, you're exactly right. He crossed the line first. He crossed the line first. Yeah. But, but yeah, he's not technically on this list of winners. And you know, that eats at a guy like Steven. Yeah. Yeah, it, it does. And, and, you know, I mean, you don't know how bad last year he wanted he wanted to go three in a row with Winchester's All American Four Hundred and Snowball Derby. I don't know that it's ever been done. I don't think it has ever been done, and he wanted that so bad last year, uh, and still put it on the podium yeah. of the Snowball Derby. Still, still was on the podium. So, but and that was in his own stuff. Now he's with Anthony Campy Racing. You know, he, you know he he's won a couple of races in that car. First one he was in, he won it. Yep, right there at Five Flags. First time they, he jumped in that race car for a Southern Super Series event. So, I think you got to you got you can't overlook Stephen Nassie. He hasn't had the greatest season, but he's been in like a transition. Right, he was in his stuff and then Campy's. I think you got to watch him because uh, they've been lightning fast everywhere they've gone. Anybody talking about Ty Majeski right now for this race? I don't. I don't know. Ty Majeski hasn't had a great last two months, has he? No. I, I mean, he he uh, broke a motor at Toledo. Where was it before that? He uh, he broke the motor at Winchester. Um, gotten part of the wreck and, and had problems in that big wreck at the All American Four Hundred. Hashtag All American Oil Slick. <laughs> yeah. And uh, finished. I think he finished seventh this weekend at the Bill Bigley Memorial. So down in Florida. So no, I would not put him at the top right now. Uh, yeah, he's pretty good at five flags. You don't, you can never say, yeah, time adjusting. That's why but, I bring it up, right? That's why I bring it up. Yeah, but uh, no, he has not. It's been, it's been two or three months since he's had a good run in a late model. Maybe it changes this weekend's biggest template late model race in the country, Rich. Where is the watch party? My second question. Um, surely somewhere has to have this on the big screen with a couple of... Uh, ice cold soda pops next door yeah i don't know I, I i i did watch the weather you might you might be better watching the weather channel this weekend than than racing america oh because is it looking a little rough only four straight days of rain starting thursday into monday yikes Yikes. does not look does not look pretty for on track activity but we know um if they can find a window and get that thing dried off, they'll be getting cars on the racetrack. What time did that sportsman race try to roll in the fog there that one year, like two in the morning? Yes, one o'clock in the morning. I know. Yeah, you were there. I'm not gonna. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, um, man. Snowball Derby this weekend. Can't believe it. And then St. Louis the week following. We're going to talk more about that coming up uh, when we talk to Cody Bauer. But right now, speaking of dirt late model news, Rich, big, big, big news. Dropped just a couple of hours before we recorded this show. The Sunoco American Late Model Series and the Valvoline Ironman Late Model Series have basically formed a partnership, um, and they are going to become one working entity in 2024. 
Um, when I read this, I was surprised. I was shocked. I was very interested in the Valvoline Ironman late model series because we had seen some of our guys go down and race with them last season, and it caught my attention. And um, I hope that this is the spark that is needed for some regional late model touring action in our area, Rich, because to be perfectly honest with you, the Sunoco American Late Model Series has been non-existent in Michigan, and aside from six races a year, 90% of them held at Eldora, has just flat been non-existent. Yeah, and, you know, it I don't it, it has to be because there is has not been a tour that has been existent. I mean, the closest thing was the Attica you know, you know, the Attica Fremont challenge going back and forth, but, um, uh, Oakshade, Attica, Attica Oakshade yes. challenge. Yeah. Yes. Going back and forth. That's what it was. Um, and then so, of course the all-star, the, uh, all-star challenge series with Merritt and Tri-City, but that right. never really got off the ground more than just a two track kind of back and forth thing. Right. And, and so what this is going to look like more is more like a, probably like a late, version of the ethanol tour um they're obviously going to have more tracks it's not going to pro i would not think it's going to be michigan heavy so uh i, I would think illinois indiana ohio I, I i would think the sunoco series will i i would guess that maybe they'll get a date uh at attica and maybe oakshade that would not surprise me um where in michigan would they go well they're not going to i-96 last we heard because you know they're going to be UMP rules, right? And so, the last Sunoco American Late Model Series race that I saw in the state of Michigan, Rich, you were there as well. It was at Winston. And yep. odds on right now says we're not going there. So, yeah, where do you go? Yeah, so, well, who's who's running UMP Late Model rules? Because <laughs> Mike Blackmer, your phone's probably ringing. It, it, they, they may call them. They may call them, you know. Uh, excerpt from the press release reads as following from uh, Grayville, Illinois, after being idle for the last two seasons. The uh, Sam Driggers-owned American Late Model Series has purchased and merged with the Ironman Late Model Series owned by Chris Tilley to be rebranded as the Valvoline American Late Model Ironman Series. Not nearly as bad as the uh, All-American 400 naming rights were, but it's still pretty long. Uh, and to your point, Rich, the northern region will fill a void in the Ohio, Michigan, Indiana, and northern Kentucky area. That concerns me a little bit. I think you get past the Indianapolis uh, border, that kind of Indianapolis, that imaginary line that runs across Indiana and Ohio. You get south of that, and I think you're asking for a lot uh, out, of, out of the boys from the north. That's just my opinion. Um, anyhow... That's going to be your northern region. Uh, southern region will compete in southern Kentucky, east Tennessee, north Georgia, and Alabama. Tour will compete under dirt car, late model, technical, and tire rules. Each event will feature a $5,000 to win and $10,000 to win, identical to the uh, dirt car summer nationals purse structures. So there you go. There's some excerpts from the press release. Maybe, just maybe, we'll see. I think... There's only I think one event would probably fit in good, and if they were co-sanctioned for Woodtick, that might be pretty cool for the car count. You know, um, we'll have to see. But I don't see, you know, nobody else in the states paying five thousand dollars a win on a, on a regular basis either. So, um, you know, it just occurred to me. You know, it just occurred to me. Who did we talk to last week that uh, runs a racetrack? Tim Wilbur. And what did oh, he yeah. what, did, what did he say off the air when we got done? I'm excited about some other things that I can't talk about yet. 
Now, he brings the Summer National Show, a late model show to Butler. Butler used to run late models on a regular basis. Butler is a sprint car track through and through. There's no way, two ways about it. But those fans crave late models over there. Um, I think there's room in the schedule for two late model shows at that racetrack. Oh, I think so, too. And and to be honest with you, the um, the new series, it's probably going to be less money than it costs to get a summer nationals event. So maybe it's sounds like a moneymaker for Mr. Wilbur to me. Yeah. So, <laughs> if he can, if he can put as many people in the grandstands as he does for a hell tour event um, and, and have the payout less. Yeah. Well, somebody's going to be smiling. I think, guess I got to call Tim when we're done with the show. <laughs> <laughs> Is that guy on the phone lines? Now, if we go back about the last winter, um, this gentleman here, he picked up a win out of the Gateway Dirt Nationals, a $5,000 win. And if that wasn't big enough, he said, hold my beer, watch me next <laughs> month. Goes up to the I-500 snowmobile race with his race team, brings home that one in unbelievable fashion. Um, we're going to talk about that, uh, a bunch of other stuff, and this year's Gateway Dirt Nationals. Makes his home in Farwell, Michigan. Uh, Cody Bauer, welcome back to Horsepower Happenings. Hey, guys. Yeah, thanks for having me. Man, take me back to last winter. Could you have imagined having a back-to-back months like that definitely not that was that was, that was crazy it was uh unbelievable you know like we've been trying to to win the i-500 for whatever it was i think my grandpa had a, a team in that for like 52 years so finally do that was huge and then the deal at gateway before that i mean i definitely was not expecting that i mean we're we're going there hoping for it but uh i mean that's that's a tall challenge to to achieve so um, yeah, that was, that was wild. I was looking, um, they, they did the, uh, a week or two ago, they did the draws for the Thursday and Friday night prelims for this year. And I noticed you are just lucky enough to get Bishop, uh, RTJ, uh, Devin Moran. I mean, just those three. When you go into that dome, does that kind of level it out a little bit than facing these guys out on a big track? Yeah. I mean, it's like they say, it's the equalizer. So, I mean, anybody has a shot there. Um, for the most part, and a lot of it lies on luck too. You know, you gotta gotta be able to get in the right qualifying position there. Um, just showing up there and drawing and and getting out early for qualifying is huge because there the track goes away so fast. If you go out late, you know, you could be two to three tenths off, and that that really hinder you all weekend. You know, I know we talked about this after that weekend uh, happened, but. I, I want to look back on it now that almost, you know, well, almost a year's gone by. Um, how was it for you? And I remember you saying that, you know, merchandise sales, you guys couldn't keep up that next day. Um, but you really were about the pop, most popular dirt late model driver in the country for four days. Um, looking back yeah. on that, what what was that like? It was awesome. Uh, I mean, even just a lot of our hometown guys here, you know, just showing their support and congratulating me was uh it was definitely something special that i'll never forget is there pressure now as you guys get ready to go back um because of how good last year went do you guys feel like if you don't duplicate that the dome will not be a success or or can you not even look at it that way because it's the dome and it's such a variable right like i said i don't don't think you can look at it that way i mean yeah we're we're going to go there with intentions of trying to do it again but um, like I said earlier, it's just, it's so tough there and you need a lot of luck and <laughs> you need just everything going your way. And, and that's what we had happen for us last year. And we we're fortunate enough to pull it off, but no, I'm not going there. If, 
thinking, no, we're going to win or, you know, I'm going to be mad about it. I mean, we're going there to, to have a good time and, and hopefully try and have the same outcome as last year, if not better. I remember when, uh, Rich, and you remember this too, when, when they put dirt down on Bristol, we talked to a couple of guys who were going and we said, all right, what does preparation look like to go to Bristol? And it's uh, bigger, beefier control arms, bigger, beefier spindles, bigger, beefier ball joints, bigger, beefier, you know, uh, whatever we can get on there. You know, if we can get it bigger and beefier, that's what we're going to do because it's Bristol. And if it, something breaks, it's going to hurt. What is the right. preparation like with you right now in the shop, uh, with you and Domination Race Cars? Obviously, Rusty had success there early uh, in this whole dome thing. Um, and Rusty knows how to get a car to do what it needs to do on a small, rough bull ring. Um, so what does the preparation look like in the shop? Take me into the technical side a little bit. What are you guys doing to that car to make sure it'll stay together for four nights of, of absolute hell? Well, we're, uh, we're going through it with a fine-tooth comb for sure, you know, checking all the bearings, nuts, bolts, um, replacing anything that looks like it, it could possibly go bad because if, if you have anything fatigue going there, it'll find it for sure. Um, as far as setup-wise, setup wise, we went back to the same thing we ran last year, so that won't be a whole lot different. But, um, yeah, definitely these next couple weeks and even the last few weeks we've been, uh, you know, going through it and, and trying to make sure we haven't missed anything as far as uh, bolt checks and whatnot. So that's, that's the biggest thing. I mean, we're not beefing anything up from what we do at home to go there by any means, but just making sure nothing's going to fall off this thing. That's the biggest part. So you basically are taking a brand new race car there. Yeah. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. This is my new car. I actually, the car we're taking, I just, uh, just got this year from Rusty. So it's, it's my newer car that I've been running most of the year. It's (laughs) It's been halfway here the the last uh, few times we've run it. So we're, uh, we're excited to, to get it out again, Rich. I, I, I feel I, like this I, one doesn't end up the way the Southern Nationals car did. Exactly. Right. Yeah, I, I'm like, I, I feel like you're taking a brand new pair of shoes and throwing them right in the dryer. Yeah, pretty much. I mean, it is. I mean, it does. It looks. I mean, it, it definitely is hard on equipment. But I mean, if you don't, if you can stay out of the carnage, you know, as far as getting like T-boned or upside down, I mean, a lot of it's just sheet metal. It looks worse than it is, but it'll it'll definitely be a testament to the equipment, sure. So, Cody, for anybody that hasn't been out there, and that includes Zach and I, give us a little Reader's Digest version of how this thing works. Obviously, you know, they're, I don't know what they are. What are they, 50, 60 cars or more each night? Um, how, do you, how do they divide you guys up into heat races, and then how do you advance to the weekend? So, I think there was 144 that they drew total there when they when – they, uh, split it up into Thursday, Friday. So there'd be about 70 cars each prelim night. And I know last year they broke it up to A and B qualifying. So they split the field in half, um, you know, similar to like what the summer nationals would do if there's 40 or more cars, um, pretty much that same format. And then you just got to, from there, they split you up and they, from qualifying, they split you up in your heat races and, um, you know, top two or three advanced, whatever it is, uh, yeah, I think into the feature two. that night. Yeah, they take two out of the heats because I think there'll be, what is there, is there six or eight heats, I think. So they'll take two and then, then you have to go to the, the LCQ if you don't make it through that. All right, so what is it like when you go to this event that is multiple days and it has this structure? You go to a regular weekend event 
uh, e- even even an event like Wood Tick, where you're going to be there and you're only going to have to race two days, or really you're racing one day to make a, a big show on the final day. How how does this wear on you? Uh, how does this event kind of wear on you? You get there, you're excited, right? You load in on Wednesday, everybody's pumped, everybody's jacked up, uh, and then it starts to set in all the work that you guys have ahead of you. How how tough actually is it? We talk a lot about the fun that this yeah. event is, but how tough actually is it? It's fun. Buddy, get hyped to go to this deal. So we have plenty of help. Right, the pre So um, we'll be able to sit and watch and see what the church does on Thursday. And then Friday, you know, we get anything tore up, we, we have to have it fixed and ready by 3 o'clock on Saturday. So... <laughs> We kind of know the, the ultimate goal there. Hopefully, we don't have too much to do, but do, if we do... Do uh, you basically bring a, a whole nother uh, setup? I mean, <clears throat> what do you put in the trailer? Yeah, I have all my spares in there like I would for any normal weekend. So we should we should be all set there. On, Everything on except a Domination Race Cars chassis? Right. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, Rusty's been fixed the one that uh, that tortured me on the Summer Nationals this year, so... I may end up getting that and taking it, but I probably should just leave it in the garage, honestly. <laughs> <laughs> probably better go get it, just put it away in the garage. That way, if anything does happen, we're not tempted to get it out. <laughs> All right, so this is this is Zach and I's first trip to Gateway. And now, before I ask this question, keep in mind, this is a PG plus 13 rated show. <clears throat> Tell us what we got to look forward to in St. Louis. Um, and I would say the atmosphere, um, the prelims are pretty cool, but you, you roll into Saturday and, um, I don't know, it just seems like entirely different atmosphere. I don't know if it's from just so many more people making it there or what, but everything leading up to the driver intros, you know, even if you're, I went and watched a handful of years ago, just as a spectator and just doing the, going to the driver intros is pretty awesome. You know, it gets, gets the hype going and then, then you got the racing, you know. I don't know if there's really ever been a bad race on Saturday there for that I've seen anyways. Um, it's just the indoor atmosphere. I mean, I, I'd say that's the biggest thing. And, and then all the people that are roaming the pits throughout the days and whatnot. Um, it's something like you've never experienced if you haven't been there. Now, I, I know you and Rusty have talked about this, but does it change? the? And you said you go there to have fun and, you know, you, you'd like everything to happen and more than what happened last year. <clears throat> but do you, I mean, you guys got to go in there with a little bit of confidence, right? Seeing you've been there before and you've both succeeded there before. Yeah. I mean, I think our setup on, on these cars are obviously, you know, we have a little bit, a uh, little bit of an advantage on the shorter tracks. I'd say just, just the way we're set up. Um, and not only that, you just, the dome is, it equals everybody out because you need luck and, you know, obviously you need your car driving good, but it's really, it's a lot just based on luck, honestly. Rather be lucky than good is a, a phrase that I've heard kicked around the pit several times. I was going to ask you too, yeah. just going back to the atmosphere. I don't know what it was like to be there. <clears throat> and, and I'm sure that you weren't actually able to watch this race or maybe you were, but I go back and watch that video of winner take all last chance qualifier race for the UMP modifieds that uh, Kenny Wallace yeah. ends up winning. And yeah. Kenny is unmatched in his ability to play with the crowd. Everybody knows that. But the yep. way that they erupted for him and the way that he played into it and 
um, the, it was a damn fine race too, right? The guy made a mistake and Kenny capitalized on it. Um, what was, were you there for that? Were you somewhere where you could see it or could you hear it from inside of the arena, wherever you were and, and just kind of speak on how awesome that was? Yeah, I was actually, we were watching it from uh, one of our phones in the trailer and you could hear the crowd erupt. Well, you know how flows usually whatever. Yeah. A couple seconds, seconds behind. Yeah. So we heard the crowd erupt and then obviously seeing it afterwards, it was, it was pretty wild. I mean, once you get there, you'll know, but I mean, the pits, you got to walk quite a ways to, to get into the arena. So, um, I mean, you could just hear everybody over top of anything. And I was inside the trailer. Like I said, that place just erupted. That's awesome. Well, uh, let's talk about more than just the dome, right? We're going to get through the dome, and then we're going to move on, and we're going to have to talk about real race cars and real racing. Um, pretty big announcement today in the Dirt Late Model world. I know that you work for a living, so if you didn't catch it, we did talk about it earlier in the show. Uh, Sunoco American Late Model Series, Valvoline Iron Man Late Model Series become one entity made official today. Uh, Chris Chris Tuttle and Sam Dragers are coming together, or uh, Sam... Oh, I screwed up his last name, but anyhow, Sam, everybody knows Sam. Um, Coming together on this deal, Michigan and our area hasn't had a true late model tour. I mean, Sunoco was, back in the day, a a pretty respectable tour, but they've kind of petered out in our area over the last couple of years. Uh, Did you hear about this and your thoughts on it if you're just now hearing about it? Yeah, I I seen that uh, just a little bit ago, actually, and um, I know they haven't really released much details on it yet, but I'm excited to... uh, you know, to see what they have to offer and, and how close to the home they're going to be, you know, my biggest thing, but, um, yeah, I think it'll be, uh, I'm sure anything, you know, with Sam and, and it sounds like that tour was halfway successful as well. So maybe the, the two of them together can, uh, put together something pretty special. And maybe we'll be able to run that next year. I, I don't know. We'll just have to, to wait on the details, but I, I am excited about it. I feel like, and it is interesting to ask you because you have, uh, you know, with, with how busy you guys are with work and, and some other things, you guys don't hit the road as much. Obviously, you did the Summer Nationals thing a little bit this year, but and you're going to St. Louis. Um, but we've kind of had that fruit dangled in front of us, but we just can't grab it, right? We had American Ethanol. That goes under in 2019. Mars Tour, we think, might be the answer. They get bought out, and, and they stay pretty much over there in the Illinois, Wisconsin area. Don't really get to see them much, maybe into Indiana a little bit. Um, what, what is the, give me an idea from the racer's perspective. Cause I know you guys all talk. What is the, uh, how, how bad is this wanted? How bad do you guys want an opportunity to go and race around a little bit in a regional tour? I mean, I, I would like to, it's just, you know, everybody's schedule is different. Like you said, um, you know, a lot depends on, you know, when we got to drive six hours for one night to race, you know, it makes it hard for a lot of us guys to do as well, but um, no, I would, I mean, it, we got tracks around. Here's the thing. We just, we just can't ever get them on the same page and put something together for us. But, um, I don't know. It's, it's challenging because the, the money's been decent around here, but it's, you know, at the same time, I, I always like to get out and venture out just to different tracks that I've never been to before. That's honestly, typically when I have the most fun, even if we, we don't run the best, I just like getting out to uh, different places and, um, I don't know. I'm like I said, I'm excited to see what they come up with. And Cody, what I saw in the press release, they're going to split it between North and South, right? So they're going to have Illinois, Indiana, Ohio, Michigan, um, <clears throat> probably racetracks in that area. Then they're going to have, you know, Tennessee, 
Alabama, Georgia, you know, down that way. Um, does that make it a little more attractive where, you know, you don't have to run down to Georgia or Alabama to run a race? Right. Oh, definitely. For sure. But that, that'd be the thing, you know, is I wouldn't be able to, to get away to Illinois every single weekend. So that's why I was kind of, kind of curious on what the schedule would be, you know, if they're going to be racing, you know, out of state once a month or, you know, three or four times a month. Um, that's what I was curious on, but yeah, I'd definitely, uh, be keeping an eye on it for sure. Um, I mean, see what they have to offer at least. All right. And then let's talk a little more locally. Uh, everybody knows Merritt kind of, <laughs> kind of the place to find you on Saturdays. Um, uh, maybe, yep. maybe you venture over to tri city on a Friday night. Um, Late model racing in Michigan is back to being as turmoil as it ever was uh, with one racetrack. We don't know. Nobody knows what's happening with one racetrack in the north. Uh, another racetrack is committed to going um, to or to staying with rather that American racer tire rule. Another racetrack's been on American racers for a couple of years. We have one racetrack who committed to going American racer and now doesn't have a general manager. So nobody knows what's going to happen with that uh, specific situation. So, um, Man, what a what a time to be a dirt late model owner right now in the state of right. Michigan. Um, what are your what are your plans? What do you want to do? Uh, what do you hope happens in twenty four? And uh, I mean, just yeah, kind of kind of talk to me early about what you're thinking about. Um, I honestly, I'm probably cutting back a little bit next year. Um, I don't know. Just going to try and we put a lot on our plate this year, and it just nothing went our way. As far as racing, better. yeah. As far as the the car racing went, you know, nothing really fell our way this year. So, um, not only that, it's just, uh, getting back to having fun. You know, I don't yeah. want to treat it like a job, you know, we get, get working on this thing so much. It's, you know, and it gets you all stressed out and makes it not fun anymore. So I'll probably scale back a little bit and, uh, and, and see what, what's on the table next year. I mean, I'd like to, to go after a series, maybe like a, 10 to 12 race series um and make a make a points run but you know if it's not there it's just not there um but if if don't do that i'll probably just race local here and there and uh you know maybe travel out to some bigger events that we've been wanting to do and and like i said just have fun with it that's kind of where where i want to get back at oh yeah i gotta ask you you know you last year with all the success you had last winter um <clears throat> I was at Wood Tick, and you're going to be missing somebody this year. How are you guys doing, and uh, um, is everything kind of moving along with the loss of Bob? Yeah, we're uh, we're moving along, you know, still racing like you'd want us to. That was uh, definitely a devastating deal for sure, but, um, you know, he'd want us to keep racing. That's what we're going to keep doing, obviously, but it's uh, it'll be tough not having him around. You know, he's kind of the spark to everybody's fire, you know, they He'd always get everybody riled up. There's no doubt about that. So um, we we definitely miss him for sure. Uh, and and uh, you know, Rich brought this up, and it's a tough subject to talk about. But was that you, you talk about him being the spark to everybody's fire? Is that what kept you guys going that weekend? Was just knowing that you know he he I, people talk about this right? He'd whoop us if we ended up taking everything home and not racing. Uh, is that right. kind of the situation that you guys were in? Well, it was, but. If- <laughs> If we if who'd have been here, we run like we did. He probably told us to go the hell home. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, no, it was. I mean, what else are you gonna do? I mean, yeah. I, I don't know. It was just. I know he wanted us to stay and race, and and not only that, we had 
Jordan with us too. And it's good for him to kind of keep him around and try and keep his mind off a little bit. It's just, that's his grandson that he didn't know, but, right. um, so we kept everybody there and, and just went and did what we could do. And it didn't turn out well for us that weekend either. But, um, like I said, that's, that's kind of why I'm planning on next year. Just, just getting back to having fun and, and going to do it. Cause I love it. Not cause I feel like it's a second job. Yeah, Cody, what I thought was cool. I think everybody, you know, I was up there the entire weekend and, and my, and I, and I got to talk to a lot of people. And I think the biggest thing was it wasn't how you performed. You just had things happen. It was right. that you, you stayed there and did it. And that's all anybody wanted, you know, wanted was, I know it's tough to do that. You, it, of course it was on your mind, right? Um, how is it not? But right. when you just have problems and problems and, you know, and, and you're, and you're cha- seem to chase yourself the rest of the way, I think it just meant to a lot of people that you were still there. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. It was tough, but we did it, and not the outcome we wanted, but I guess we can't say we didn't try at least. Um, one last thing. We're talking about the Dome. We've talked about summer 2024. What about uh, winter 2024? Uh, you guys going to go up and try and defend? Oh, yeah, for sure. It's uh, This will actually probably be the quickest turnaround time. I think we go to the Dome, we get back, and two weeks later, snowmobile starts, so. This will be the, the quickest turnaround we've had as far as going from car to snowmobile. But, um, yeah, we'll definitely be up there again for sure trying to uh, to defend the title. I know we're uh, in the process of putting a new sled together right now, so we'll have a, a brand-new sled up there. and Hopefully we can try and do her again. You don't have to quite make it so interesting. You can, like, double the distance this year if you want. <laughs> right? I'd be all right with that. It'd be a lot less stressful. That way. <laughs> I don't know that double the distance would make you less stressful. I don't know what that is. I think, <laughs> I, I think what was what was the actual, the actual was two or three inches, I think, was what it came out to be on the clock, right? Yeah. I, heck, I don't even know. It's probably closer than that. That was crazy. Um, but, yeah, it wasn't much. Well, anytime that you have to go to the fourth decimal place <laughs> to decide a winner of a race, uh, yeah, that, that's wild. Well, dude, uh, we're going to be hanging out with you and and Rusty and you know some of the other guys from our region coming up, and of course uh, with Chris and CNT Services, who's a big supporter of of you guys and and several guys and and us and our sport. So um, we're looking forward to this uh, dome action coming up here. I can't believe it. Um, I got to finish this week of work, next week of work, and then we're going. Um, so yep. that's that's wild, man. But uh, we're going to have a lot of fun with it. Of course, uh, I, I think this will be on Flow Racing again this year. So if you're stuck at home, uh, you can look for look for the uh, Bauer Excavating or the Bauer Construction guys. And um, it's going to be awesome. We're looking forward to it. We're going to have a lot of fun. Racing, I do believe, uh, so Thursday is basically a load-in day, if I remember the schedule right. And then, or is there something Wednesday. going on Thursday? Wednesday's the load-in day. Okay. Thursday's day one. Okay. Rich is Rich is clearly the housekeeper of this trip. <laughs> um, so, <laughs> um, but uh, tell you what, we're going to keep you covered on Horsepower Happenings. Uh, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, we'll keep you up to date on everything that's going on with our local guys. Um, so uh, we'll make sure that you know what's happening. But Cody, good luck, man. We're going to see you down there. Get that car put together. And uh, we'd love to talk to you after another trip to Victory Lane in St. Louis. Awesome. Yeah, I sure appreciate it, guys. Thanks for having me on again. Oh, and last thing. I just saw this. You just posted Dome Merch is in, right? Yep. Yeah, we just got all the shirts in today, so that's why we put out there just trying to get anybody uh, any shirts or hoodies or 
or I think she got Rich? through next. So yeah, right. you might, Cody. I'm just thinking this. You might want to put a two X hoodie away for someone that you might run into there. Yeah. Just saying. Yeah, a three X. Uh, put a three X away too. <laughs> we'll have them there. <laughs> cool. Love it, man. Well, hey, uh, good luck. We'll see you down there. All right. All right. Sounds good. Thank you, guys. All right. Let's let's level with you for a second. First of all, love talking to Cody. Uh, glad to get a chance to catch up with him. Uh, looking forward to St. Louis, Rich. Um, I don't know how much trouble there is to get into down there, but I think we're going to find enough of it. From what I, I've been doing, some Google searching, and uh, <laughs> I, I can walk. I can walk from the dome, and they actually have an underground walkway. Oh, that that's walks- exactly what we need is to lose you under St. Louis. <laughs> going under the ground to a casino oh lord have mercy lord they, have mercy they serve something there you can come with <laughs> yikes yeah oh no but here's the thing are you paying for my trip to the casino too because that is probably where my uh my ball and chain is going to get real short I I, I, I I see you uh I see you betting on race winners. I'm not really happy with your picks. <laughs> <laughs> I'd have made some money off you last year on the William Swallage stuff if you want to go back to the top of the show. Probably. Uh, but, uh, next. <laughs> rega- yeah, next. Um speaking of other things that are on the next category, um this week, look for it. Gary, did you know we had the quiz last week on the show? By the way, you can send us guesses after you listen to the show. Um I'm looking at you. I'm looking at you, uh, our three people who always participate every single week. Brad, <laughs> I know you listen to this show. You could send, you could send the guesses in uh, after you listen. But anyhow, uh, we will have the graphic out this week. We've made some changes there, so that'll be uh, that'll be put out this week for Gary. Did you know? Uh, great quiz too coming your way uh, here straight ahead. Time to roll into our second interview tonight and uh, cue the horn. It's a first-time interviewer for our program this evening. He makes his home in North Muskegon, Michigan, and if you look at my race pass, it suggests otherwise, but we've verified it three times over. He is the IMCA Modified Champion at Thunderbird Raceway for 2023. Ryan Heskett, welcome into Horsepower Happenings. Hello. <laughs> Ryan, uh, man, let's, uh, let's talk about this not only... Thunderbird track champion here this year. Uh, a great run for you in the state IMCA points. Great run for you in the East Region IMCA points. Couple of wins. And uh, this is the stat line that I love to look at because guys really kind of overlook this sometimes. And you sent this to me. 46 races in 2023. 33 top 10s, <clears throat> which by my calculation says that only uh, only a couple few times did you finish outside of the top 10, and uh, when you race that many times, that's pretty impressive, man. Talk about your 23 season. It's, wow, it's the uh, best season we've ever had. Um, I don't even know how we even did it, honestly. We just, <laughs> we had a we had a good program, we had a good race car, and we didn't even plan on racing that many races, honestly. Uh, we just... Kind of started out the season um, down in Florida at the Clash of the Coast deal, and uh, we didn't do so good down there. And so we didn't really know what we were even going to do when we got back up here and raced a couple of races at uh, Winston and Thunderbird, and we kind of found ourselves leading regional points after a couple of weeks somehow. And <laughs> then all of a sudden we decided we were just, going to try to go after it and uh we hit everywhere race we possibly could 
um, all over the state of Michigan. And, yeah, we, we had a really good year. I want to back up to Florida. Um, there was a number of guys uh, who, who came downstate from or down down to Florida from here in Michigan. Um, you were one of them. I can think of, Rich, do you remember what was it, about half a dozen guys that we were watching down there uh, who, who were racing in yeah. the IMCA Modifieds down there? Um, what was it about that place, man? Because it, it, it was a couple of days uh, of racing down there, and it looked like, I know that you kind of struggled both nights, but some nights, you know, Colin and those guys, they'd be wicked fast, and then the next night they were struggling to even get out of their own way, it looked like. Uh, what was that place? What was it about that event? Uh, kind of go back to Florida a little bit. It looked like a cool event. It was really fun to watch back here at home. Yeah, it was It was a blast. Um, we, had, we had fun even though we struggled, but uh, all the racetracks down there were just nothing like we've ever been on before. Um, it seemed like they wanted to, like the surface wanted to swing a lot more than what it does up here we kind of know what we have up here right. for the most part and and down there you know <laughs> tack in the heat race be, and rubber down slick in the feature how'd i do yeah <laughs> it, yeah in the slick down there was really slick um it's just just different surfaces I, we, we struggled uh trying to chase the track and chase the car and do you remember was it like a fun. like a was it just different type of being sandy or or how was it um, the first track, oh, well, it wasn't really, I mean, a little bit of sand, but not, not bad. Um, just different shape, different, really, really slick that there. And then, uh, Southern there, the second race track, that track was, that was a whole different animal there. It was, I don't know, it was really fast and kind of tractioned up, but it was really dusty and slick and I don't know. It was just, <laughs> it was just a completely different animal, something we've never, um, had, had a chance to race on before, so. Right, I'm going through in my head here, and, and I'm 46 races, right? And so you yep. count count the handful of down down south in Florida. Um, what, you didn't get to run Winston very much; would have been right in your backyard because they closed up rather early. Um, yep. So what did you what what did you guys do? How and how did you pick where you were going to go? Because you're probably at Thunderbird every week, right? Yep, yep. We race Thunderbird every Saturday. Um, and we decided that we were going to go to Tri-City every Friday. Um, we went over there a couple times, and we thought maybe we'd hit a couple of those I-96 shows, um, but we were actually doing pretty decent at, at Tri-City, so we just uh, we just stayed going over there. And then we also hit all those Wednesday shows that uh, Crystal Motor Speedway had. So I, I got a question, and I, you're going to enlighten me because – Unfortunately, Thunderbird is one of the few tracks in the state that I, I have not been this. that I have not been to yet. I can't believe we haven't been I there. Just cannot. It floors me every time you I, tell people this. I know it's unbelievable. Um, how how does that compare to Tri City? Because Zach have, and I have seen Tri City quite a bit, and that can get really slick. Thunderbird, Thunderbird is probably one of my my most favorite tracks. Um, round. Might be a little bit smaller in Tri City. Um, has a wall all the way around it. You can get up on the wall if you need to. You can, I don't know. It, like I said, it's one of my most favorite tracks. Um, really racy every weekend for the most part. And um, I, I say it gets a little bit more slicker there than, than what it does at Tri City. There's a lot of guys that 
always say that Tri-City is kind of one of the slickest tracks in Michigan, but from going back and forth between the two, I, I, I'd say Thunderbird's probably slicker this year than than anything we've been on. I don't know what the heck Thunderbird's made out of either, but it's the most unique color racetrack you'll find in this state. Um, <laughs> it, it almost looks like it, it was something pulled out of the deep south of a red clay racetrack, but it's not red clay. I, I, at least I wouldn't call it that. Would you, Ryan? I think a couple years ago when Tom Sprague had the track, he did get some red clay from somewhere. I'm not, I don't remember exactly where, where it was, but he did put red clay on it and kind of mixed it in with everything that was there. It's like a, it's yeah, like a burnt it's orange. a unique <laughs> surface for sure. It's uh, and I love it. It, it, it for all the things that Ryan just mentioned. Um, when we went there with late models and when we've gone there with sprint cars, that place, they're wicked fast around that. You, you're never going straight and you're up against the fence. You're right around the tractor tires, slicks off in the center. Um, I love Thunderbird. It puts on uh, on a really good show, in my opinion. Kind of what Rich talked about, you get into this season and you, all of a sudden you look at it and you go, oh, crap, <laughs> we're leading the state points. Um, was Did you guys kind of get backed into that corner where you thought, okay, we kind of have to run for this? or And you talked about it a little bit, but I want to get more into the thought process. Did you change your mindset and go, okay, how about this? We're leading. Let's let's go see if we can do this thing. Where was it? Was it kind of a, I guess we have to do this, or was it like, okay, we're in this position. Why don't we try it? I'd say it was probably, I don't know, second week of the Michigan season or third week-ish. Um, Winston had got in every show, and, and Thunderbird had got in every show up until that point, and Tri-City, I think, and, and Merritt maybe had a couple cancellations there at the beginning of the year. And we started looking at points, and we we're like, "Oh man, you know, we're, we're at the time we were leading state points and regional points." And we we're no like, pressure, well, <laughs> no pressure. <laughs> yeah, I we were like, "Well, I guess let's let's try to do it. Let's try to go after it and and see what happens," you know. And so we just we're trying to make sure that we were getting at least consistent finishes and finishing the races at first, and trying to find every race we possibly could to go to. And, yeah, it was just – it kind of all fell into place at the beginning of the year, you know, with Tri-City canceling a couple times, and we kind of got a little bit of a jump on the guys on the other state, on the other side of the state as far as points. And It's it's the age-old yeah. question for me is, is what do you do different, right? And, Rich, we talk about this all the time on the show. When you made that decision that you were going to kind of pay attention to the points – do you feel like it affected the way that you showed up at the racetrack and what you did on the racetrack? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, look, definitely some more pressure. Um, we, I try, we tried not to, you know, have any or make it seem like there was any more pressure, but um, found ourselves looking at the points every other day and um, worked on the race car a lot harder than what we normally do. Um, I mean, I shoot out at the shop probably every day all summer long working on the car making sure we were ready to go and yeah it was yeah <laughs> different different deal i've i've never uh do you think it affected you negatively before. at all do you think that you maybe held yourself back and didn't didn't i mean could have two wins have become four or five if you didn't do you, do you know i mean it's hard to say um yeah i think we probably could have clicked off a, a couple more and there was a few there where i was being pretty conservative with the car just making sure we had something you know left for the rest of the year and 
And yeah, there was a few nights there that I probably should have pushed it a couple times or a couple second place finishes at over at Tri City where I feel like we, I kind of I kind of missed the boat a little bit and probably could have had it. But Brian, I have a question and I want to know a little bit more about you because I want to know how I, I like seeing when this happens. So from from my little bit of research, you used to work at Port City Race Cars and they do not build dirt cars. Right? No, no. no. Uh, talk to me. Talk to me about going from there, and then this outlaw racing supply and outlaw suspension technologies. Um, what brought you from Port City to where you are right now? Um, family, basically. Um, you know, my dad actually worked at Port City Race Cars as well at the time, and I went over there to work and was doing some shocks and stuff over there, and shipping stuff and selling parts and. And they ended up, uh, you know, moving down North Carolina there. And so, you know, me and my dad kind of sat down and we're like, well, I guess it's time we need to start our own deal and do what we can do. So and that's that's where Outlaw Racing Supply came about. Um, it's me and him, and we just selling parts and working on race cars and doing whatever we can do. <laughs> so at Port City, you never – I mean – and I don't know, maybe you did. Did you not want to run a pavement car? I mean, it sounds like that would have been a perfect opportunity for you. Oh, uh, no. We we actually came from drag racing when I was really, really young. And, uh, and my dad got into his buddy's dirt late model one day and um, just to make some laps. And all of a sudden, <laughs> all the drag racing stuff was for sale. And uh. we went dirt racing and never <laughs> thought about anything else. I love it too. Uh, just kind of in the same vein, um, that GRT sticker on the side of that race car, man. Back in the day, I'm I say back in the day, like I've been around this sport a long time. Back when I was racing dirt late models, um, you know, two thousand. Let me think about it here. Nine and ten it was last year that we had our our GRT chassis before our garage burnt down. And I swear to God, we had the last GRT chassis in the state of Michigan because all of a sudden no one had one anymore. And uh, you guys are running those on the on the uh, on the modified side of things. Talk to me about that because uh, Rich, who obviously is the pavement guy, but Rich is no dummy when it comes to dirt. He knows most of the chassis manufacturers. He pays attention to that stuff. He goes, "What the heck is GRT?" And I thought, "Oh man!" Um, so it's kind of kind of unique for you to still have that sticker on that race car. Yeah, yeah, GRT is still still alive and kicking. We are actually uh, the Michigan dealer for GRT race cars. Um, I've sold um, five or six cars to a couple guys here in Michigan in the last couple of years. Um, are they making a comeback? Yeah, yeah, they are definitely making a, a big comeback here in the last couple of years. Um, when the main owner passed away here a few years ago, um, uh, Wesley Weiss stepped in and bought it, and uh, he's been doing great things down there. And um, we uh, decided to get a new car from him here a couple years ago, and it's been it's been doing really good. So I got to ask you uh, mainly more for my because I'm curious more so than thinking about this show. Um, can you can you tell me a little bit about the GRT chassis? I'm not trying to have you sell me one, but when a company like that becomes I'm going to say it. I mean, they were almost irrelevant for quite some time. I mean, nobody was talking about them, at least not up here. Um, what have the steps been to come back? And obviously you're racing them and you're having success with them. How are they with the technology? How up-to-date are they? How close are they? 
Um, you know, like you said there, no, you know, not really, it was, yeah, not many people had them up here, but they were still doing very good, um, in the IMCA mod stuff, you know, in Iowa and Arkansas and stuff, uh, they have been for years. Um, and it's just starting to kind of trickle this way. There was a couple guys that had some cars up here over the years and just, you know, they did good, but they, you know, did other things or whatever, but sure. no, I think uh, no GRT. Their cars right now are very very good. Um, this we actually have a brand new uh, 2024 GRT sitting here right now. Um, be my car for next year, and this thing is and a piece of artwork. <laughs> I mean, they 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 are very very good at what they do. I don't know. Right. Listen, Ryan is engaged, and I don't know if his voice would flutter that way talking about his fiance the way it just fluttered talking about that race car. <laughs> <laughs> and Ryan, I you know, and I'll take it a step further. You know, you it, is it different racetracks? Uh, because you know, you go up north a little bit, you see a lot more diamond and maybe rockets, right? Um, and you you come down south here, and you got Roman doing his stuff, and Sherman down in Indiana doing his stuff. Is is it are are some cars just seem to work better at certain tracks? Um, no, I don't think I'd say that. I think um, more driver preference than anything. You know, a lot of guys. You know, there's quite a few guys that actually search around quite a bit with in different chassis and stuff, and try to find you know that car that fits their driving style. Um, one thing I like about these GRTs is they are very uh, universal. I, I think that, you know, just about anybody could get in one and win as long as they got the right equipment and stuff behind them. Um, so what do you guys do? You, I mean, you're, I'm a, you're a dealer for them. So uh, somebody can order one for you and then you put, you then you sell it to them at any level that they want? Yeah, pretty much. Um, we, we actually have a couple on order at GRT right now and just sitting in limbo waiting to sell them on the go. Um, if somebody would call us and order one, uh, we could do it in any stage, uh, all the way from bare to frame to, to race ready with a motor in it. So, Well, Ryan, let's talk a little bit about uh, the plans now for 24. Uh, we just were talking with uh, Cody Bauer, who is obviously, he's gearing up to go to the Dome uh, with his late model ride and um, you, you seem pretty committed to this IMCA modified stuff, and uh, more and more, I feel like <clears throat> I'm finding out about guys who are racing these cars that they're also selling. Obviously, you know, Colin Thurlby stepped out and did it, and uh, other guys have been doing it for quite some time, and yourself. Um, so how do you balance that, right? What are you doing in 2024? Uh, do you have to go out there? Do you feel like you have to go out there and prove your chassis and your equipment? You have to do well in order to try to help sales back at the shop on Monday? Uh, yeah, absolutely. I, I think we, that's kind of going to be our goal. I don't think we're going to race as much as we did this year. Um, but <laughs> I guess it's just one of those deals, you know, if we find ourselves in a, if we had a dollar for every driver that, <laughs> that told us that at this time of year, yeah, we're going to cut back. We spent too much money. We were out on the road too much. Um, if we had a dollar for every driver that said that rich, <laughs> we wouldn't have any bills. <laughs> But you do, you look at everything, right? And you go, man, we raced a ton last year. Um, and then April rolls around, or in your case, February rolls around, and you're chomping at the bit, and you're like, we're going to race as much as we can this season. That off season sucked. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 
Yeah, we're getting this new car ready for uh, Clash at the Coast again down in Florida. Um, Peyton Taylor's got a good deal going on down there for those races, so we're going to go down there and support them. Awesome. Uh-huh. Right, I want to ask you about, you know, I, I've been around the dirt scene probably since 2016, so that shows you a little bit of my ignorance. But how how do you – I am very surprised we are in our state of uh, – of where UMP has gone. I mean, unless you're going to go race Butler, you're really not. Um, it, is that a decision for you guys because there's more more places to race here and you don't have to go down in Indiana to do it? Yeah, that was that was one of the big uh, deciding factors of us getting an IMCA mod. Um, and on top of that, too, you can, even when you go out of Michigan, you can, turn either way basically and find an IMCA track so um and their rules are kind of for the most part they're always kind of been the same for a while so and that was another deciding factor um everybody kind of has to abide by the rules and that's just how it is so well, Ryan, I guess uh, we'll wrap it up here, and uh, we've given you an opportunity to plug it pretty hard. So if we got somebody listening who's like, yeah, you know what? Uh, heck, this IMCA modified car I got set in here. This thing's for sale. We want a GRT, or we want to even talk to you, right? I'm sure that you guys can help with that other stuff, uh, or as far as the outlaw side of stuff, parts needs and things like that. What's the best way yeah. to get the ball rolling on that? Uh, and give us a call, or look, um, we've got a, a website or a Facebook page. Um, we sell parts, uh, work on race cars, do setups. Uh, we do a lot of shocks. Just whatever, whatever it takes to get our customers in victory lane. Love so. it. Love it. Well, hey, man, congratulations on the championship at Thunderbird. Uh, love to see that, too, after a season where you're like, oh, we're just going to race, and then it's like, oh, man. I guess we're going to do more than race. We're going to go uh, chase some points. So uh, congratulations on that, man. Uh, great, Great you. season for you. Thank you. Well, glad to get Mr. Heskett on. First timer on to the show, so that's pretty cool. And a short notice, too. Uh, listen, just because it's on the Internet doesn't mean it's true, Rich. That's what I've learned today. That was my life lesson today. Yeah, sometimes you got to go a little for we. i, I got to give us a little bit of credit. We've been kind of shaking it up the last few weeks. Um, we've had some rookies on the show. Yeah. Uh, you know, Farmer kicked it off a few weeks ago. We had it. That was cool getting him on. Yeah. And we had somebody... In between, in between Ryan and Farmer, we oh, had... Oh, you're a, asking oh. me to recall some stuff here. But regardless... Oh, Tom Sprague Jr. was on. We had Tom oh, Sprague yep. Jr. on, first on time. First timer as well. Yep. The late model champion at Thunderbird. Yeah, we're getting What else you got? Back. What else you got? <laughs> Brandon Hamby last week. That's who you're thinking yeah. of. Yeah, Brandon, Brandon made his, his first debut. time, yes. And he um, let us know that was his first podcast. The week prior, Michael Liberta Jr., a first-timer. Uh, a first-timer. Then we had Rex and Brian, so that doesn't count. Zane, uh, Zach Dunson, first-timer on yes. the program. Yes. Uh, We've Rich, been on a roll lately. Rich Farmer, as you mentioned. Matt Dimmitt, uh, first-timer onto the podcast, back on uh, episode 35 with Chase Berta. Before that, Tom Rutherford making his debut on Horsepower Happenings on episode 34. Shall I, shall I keep going? This racing stuff, this having a podcast in the winter isn't hard at all, is it? How about Scott <laughs> Qual um, on what yeah. is also called yep. episode 34? Somebody has made a clerical error somewhere along the way. Um, and then uh, Blake Childers, Mike Vandermark, they've been on. Trey McGranahan back on episode 32 along with Tom Sprague Jr. So, yes. 
And then before that, Justin Schroeder, who made his <laughs> debut. I could do this all night, Rich. Yeah, I'm sure you can. <laughs> see, we've been spreading out a little bit. See, you, you, see every three months, you ain't got to hear Finley or, right. or Stemler, right? Oh, God, That's it's about big... time to call Finley again, <laughs> isn't it? <laughs> Is it due to call him already? All right. Well, uh, what's coming up, Rich? Upcoming this weekend, Snowball Derby, and you skated around the opportunity at the top of the show. How many people listen to the end of the show? We'll find out your way too early and unnecessary prediction for the Snowball Derby this weekend at Five Flags Speedway. I have to go with what I said, right? I can't change my mind in the middle of a show. All right. Uh, my way too early prediction is William Sawalich. I, for some reason, feel like... The 91 of Ty Majeski will become a repeat winner this weekend. I don't know why. I know that this, the, the results have not been there. But, Rich, it's the Snowball Derby. It's Five Flag Speedway. That dude is good at this racetrack. Um, the NASCAR, the Truck Series stuff is done with. I think that the playoffs had something to do with the way that his performance was in the late model. I'm telling you, watch the 91 this weekend. Yeah, I, I know where my mistake's going to be. They've been down there practicing for two weeks, and, <laughs> I, and, I, and I should know this. And you watch, for the first time, Carson Hosevar is going to light it up, right? He's been there for two weeks practicing. You're right. You're right. A and, man, I want to see him win that race, right? He's try He's just never been that great down there, you know? And, and his last track year, record, last the, last, year, the last two years in a template car, his track record have not been that great. Yep. And, and, but last year was the best he's been. I right. mean, he wasn't bad. Uh, but man, I'd love to see him win. But, uh, you know, it's like, man, show me something first. You know, I mean, we, we like him, right? We get along oh, yeah. with him real, but, um, William Sawalich is showing me something. And, and as much as it hurts me inside, <laughs> jeez, I have to, yeah, I, that's, that is my way too early prediction. If I want to take a real prediction, I would say mother nature, but Right. That's my that's right. my opinion. All right, you got William Swalich. I got Ty Majeski. Everybody else has the field, uh, so good luck. Uh, place your wagers, as Jason Seltzer would say, cash is window three. <laughs> <clears throat> so that'll do it uh, for this episode of Horsepower Happenings. Thank you so much to Ryan Heskett and to Cody Bauer. Uh, of course, also on the upcoming schedule, you've got the Dome in two weeks. PRI is in between the Snowball Derby and the Dome, by the way, so some PRI stuff. We're, we're expecting to see um, some schedule releases, some new news about that. Jeg's tour schedule should be done by then, so we'll really know what's going to happen in 2024. I'm telling you, folks, I kind of have an idea. Get excited. If you like template late model racing and you're in a region that you listen to this show, Get jacked, uh, because there's going to be some cool Temple Late Model stuff coming your way for 24. After the Dome, Rich, it's time to go to Fort Wayne and uh, do some indoor racing in Fort Wayne. Uh, we'll say Merry Christmas and Happy New Year in that time as well. Then January will roll around, and uh, we'll have the CRA Banquet to kick things off. Two weeks later, we'll have the Great Lakes Super Sprints Banquet. We'll uh, head to Florida for some IMCA Modified Racing, and then we'll start Season 6 of Horsepower Happenings in February. <laughs> can't forget can't forget zach and i will be at the michigan auto racing fan club yes. banquet june 20th uh we'll be giving out a bunch of awards to all the champions throughout the state of michigan at the member tracks so uh we'll definitely be there for that you can what is reach this, out to the mission what is this off season that people talk about 
Yeah, I, I, I'm waiting for it. It just doesn't happen for us. <laughs> was it? it? Was it these last two weeks where we didn't go yeah. to anything? Is that what it was? <laughs> yeah, that's about it. Yeah. <laughs> hey, on behalf of Scott Money, who pays the bills, Rich France, my co-host, I'm Zach Heiser. Thank you all so much for tuning in, and we'll talk to you again next week, same time, same place, right here on Horsepower Happenings. You've been listening to Horsepower Happenings. The views and opinions expressed in tonight's show may not directly reflect that of Horsepower Happenings. The contents of this program may not be reproduced, retransmitted, or disseminated without the express written consent of Horsepower Happenings. Follow Horsepower Happenings on Facebook, Instagram, Spotify, and iTunes to keep up on what's happening.